On today's show, the Hawks are six and six, and I am joined for part one of a two-part episode with my friend Tyler Jones diving in on all things Hawks. We have all of what you would expect from the conversation, from top level observations to player observations to how the schedule has gone so far to what's to come and much more, and all of that is on the way. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1591 of the Lot on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LotonMBA. Use promo code LotonMBA when you get there for a first deposit match up to $100. And also, I want to tell you stop the podcast to make us your first listen each and every day and check us out anywhere. You get your podcasts, places like Apple and Spotify on the audio side, as well as YouTube on the video side. And I am joined on today's program. By my friend Tyler Jones, easily the most requested guest I get on this podcast, and uh, he's not been on for a couple of weeks now, so it's a good time to have Tyler back on the show. This is part one of two, so if you want to stick around after part one, I definitely would recommend that. It'll be in, part two should be in your feeds right away, so don't delay and go ahead and click on over to part two as well. But we cover the whole game as you might expect from the Hawks' first twelve games of the season, and uh, without any further delay, here's myself and Tyler talking all things Hawks. I am joined once again by perennial fan favorite Tyler Jones. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. How are you? Welcome back, Desmond Ritter as QB one <laughs> for the Atlanta Falcons. I wasn't sure where we're going. I wasn't sure where we're going with the uh, with the intro today. Uh, the Falcons are uh, certainly a topic. I'm, I was glad we recorded this podcast on Sunday. I was very glad they didn't play today. It was freeing for me to not have to watch the Falcons play the football today. So I enjoyed that part of the day. Anyway. Well, I mean, Brady's my son, Otani, so it all evens out. That would be nice for everybody involved. Uh, with that out of the way, we can discuss your 6-6 six and six Atlanta Hawks. Through 12 games, uh, I asked you to come on a few days ago before the loss on uh, on Friday, so we didn't know what that was going to be like. Uh, I guess I'll start I'll start broad here, Tyler. I know, you know, in the moment, we, got, we, we all get a little frustrated. It is what it is. Zooming out a little bit, I know they're 6-6. Six and six. Uh, how, how how are you taking this start? Because I feel like I'm seeing this is me. This is my timeline. It's curated for me. I get that, and my mentions are probably a little bit a little bit unique in some ways. But I feel like people are, are pretty angsty about a six and six start, and I wonder how you feel about it. No, I think it's been a pretty tough schedule. I, I don't know what it based on like you know the SOS score or whatever, but it feels yeah, it's felt like the Hawks have like haven't had a break of good teams. Like they've constantly gone up against teams in particular that are defensively designed to take away some stuff for the Hawks. Like they, they've gone up against like the Knicks, the Sixers with their big rangy athletic centers that will take away the lob from Capella. And I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of put a wrench into things, especially with the starters. But I mean, overall to me, like the most important thing is, the breakout that Jalen Johnson is having. I mean, I'm not sure if anything else matters at the moment more than like what he's doing because, you know, the other guys, like I'm not worried about Trey and I'm really not worried about the centers, even though neither Capella or Okongu based on EPM have actually played that well to start this season. But, you know, they both of them have proven track records. I think they're going to turn it around 
um, they, it is a new scheme. But overall, like I'm, you wish the record was better, but it's not like they're playing poorly. Like it'd be, I mean, granted, they played poorly against the Sixers. I thought, I thought that was particularly in the second half after, you know, Hunter lost his mind. Uh, <laughs> after that, like I, I think, uh, I think that was probably the worst stretch of basketball they've played on the season, just on both ends. But overall, like. I mean, I, you wish the record was better, but I feel like they're close to breaking out. Uh, just, just if certain things can go their start going their way. Yeah, I mean, the schedule it's not been impossible, but you know they've only lost to one bad basketball team, and it was the season opener on the road. Um, you know, they they lost to Miami, and that was probably a bad team the way it was constructed that night without Jimmy. But that's Miami. Miami just Come does on, stuff Brad. like that. That's what I'm, that's what I, that's what I mean. I, I was oh, coming around please. to that. I'm just saying I was coming around to that. It's still the heat. So it's not like it's a, it's not the same kind of bad team. Like they, they lost to Charlotte. They didn't play great that first night. They, they didn't shoot well, but like their other losses, they lost to Oklahoma city on the road. They lost to the Knicks twice by a combined eight points. And they lost to Philadelphia in a game where the you Knicks, mentioned. The, but the thing is losing to the Knicks. is like losing twice. I, I was going to say that actually. You, you lose know. twice to the Knicks at home. <laughs> so you lost four times on the season. The, it, was know, not, it was a, not great. Brad, you have to understand. Uh, and, like, if you don't live in Atlanta or you don't understand, there are a lot of New Yorkers here. And when the Knicks come to Atlanta, oh, it yeah. is their Super Bowl. It's their well, Super Bowl. So they're gonna, mean, you're going to get their best effort. And, plus, they want to beat Trey Young and humiliate them him every chance they can. So I thought it was really fun. I, the entire game, both games, I thought it was really funny that they're high pressing Trey Young every time he has the ball, like putting oh, two on the ball at Trey Young blitz. at all times. They're like, Yes, we don't care. Trey, you're not scoring. Like, and like, we're just going to front because we know that makes you angry. And so we're going to tilt you. It doesn't matter that you, the Hawks are scoring like 1.8 points per possession in the half quarter, whatever <laughs> it was. But like, we don't care. As long as Trey's got like 18 points, he's trash. He's trash. We, and we get parade to the world that Trey's trash. And everybody's happy, and we win. <laughs> we win these games by three points when we got like twenty-five offensive rebounds. So, yeah, I, I, I was. Know. I was going to ask you actually because, like, in uh, look, it's anecdotal, but man, it felt like the Hawks had just lost by forty to the. It's the Super Bowl to Brad. the Spurs that night. Because my, my, I mean, I, granted, when when the Hawks here, spoiler for everybody, when the Hawks lose my mentions are pretty ugly for about an hour or two after the game, almost every time. It doesn't matter what happens. So it's fine. I get that. I'm used to it. It felt like that game in particular on Wednesday, it was like 3X, what it normally is. I'm like, what's going on here? So maybe that's just, maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just the Knicks. It's, the, it's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Knicks Super Bowl, and the Hawks lost it. And so, you know, the Hawks fans who want to celebrate, now they got to eat it. Like, we, we're bad <laughs> now? So I don't know. No, it's I just, get it's it. Just, it's always fun. No, it's it's good context. I mean, the schedule is what it is, and you know, Tuesday's a pretty big one. They got they got to honestly, if they want to have any chance to win the season tournament, they got to win on Tuesday, which we can talk about at the other podcast if you want to against Indiana. But the schedule has not been super duper friendly. They've also had some weird travel, and no one cares about that. I get fans don't care about that, but the team will tell you. I mean, if you talk to these guys, not necessarily the players, but people around the team, like they'll they'll be able to point to, hey, this is a terrible spot for us. This is a terrible spot for us, and usually that is reflected on the court on some level. 
Today's show is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest DFS platform in North America and also the most easy and exciting way to play DFS. At PrizePix, you pick two six players, choose whether they actually have more or less than a certain number of points, rebounds, assists, etc. When it's 25 times the money on your entries, and with basketball season here, you're going to pick up combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, which is a league created specially to have common projections that include two more players from different sports or leagues. They have a huge selection of sports and stat types not offer anywhere else at prize picks, and they're offered projections on the NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, and many more. And they also have a reboot policy. Price is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy of any kind. I've also really enjoyed checking out prospects all year long. I'm digging there all the time during NFL season, NBA season, etc. I'm there in college basketball. It's all there for you at prize picks. And on the whole, the experience is fantastic and fun. And I highly recommend ever, everyone checking it out right now. In fact, when you get there, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA is the place to go. Use promo code LockedOnNBA for a first-time deposit match up to $100. One more time, that is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use that promo code LockedOnNBA. Check out Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy with PrizePix. You mentioned Jalen. So I was going to ask you about Jalen anyway. Let's go to Jalen now. Um, I don't think Jalen is going to shoot 44% from three, but everything else, I, it's been really outstanding so far. Even uh, and we've talked about Jalen in a very positive manner. I, I love that draft pick. He is playing extremely well on the whole, and th- th- that does not mean that he's perfect. I think people have like maybe just decided that he can't have a, any flaws. Like he he has bad moments. He's still a young player. He's he's well, he's young, so he has well, no flaws. He's, exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when, he his, when he gets this contract that he's setting himself up for, like if he then he'll get he it. Play this yeah. way, whoo, he gonna get it. But right then, now, then, he's, then the backlash he, will happen. He's the baby. No, so I mentioned. I mentioned the other night, uh, and I and I even tried to couch it to to not get screamed at about how I thought Jalen had a, had a really rough defensive like game or maybe a, even a half whatever it was. I thought he had some really bad defensive moments in a game recently, and it was pretty clear on tape like he was he was messing up in a way the young guys do. It's fine, and even I said that like oh my god, people are freaking out. I'm like guys, I'm not saying he's terrible. Like it's just he made some mistakes. But anyway. Uh, you saw this coming. A lot of people, lot of people did. Like Hawks fans are really excited, and they should be. And I agree with what you said earlier. You know, it's more of a that's more of a big picture takeaway than a this season first twelve games takeaway as far as like impact on winning. But you could certainly argue, as you already did, that Jalen kind of breaking out organizationally is the most important thing that's happened so far, and that would it'd be a pretty easy case to make. I feel like. Yeah, and I mean, what it does is it clears some things because it, it like it it turns Jalen from like a possible trade piece to maybe get some improve the roster somehow, like how AJ currently is right now to now nah, this is a guy we got to keep and build around. I mean, yeah, I don't he, know. he's not, he, yeah, he's not being traded. I don't think Brad, Brad Jalen <laughs> went from Jalen went from, all right, he starts depending on the matchup to Quinn, like honestly probably feels like he got playing 40 minutes a night, like just based on what, what the Hawks are lacking when he's off the floor because they're lacking defensively on the glass when he's not in the game. And then offensively, the lack of passing is so apparent. Like teams, if if especially if Trey's on the floor without Jalen or Bogey, they just blitz Trey and get the ball out of his hands. And like they're like, we don't care what happens after that. And like I you don't trust Bay to make the right play. Uh you don't trust Hunter to do it. Capella, like he's it's just slow with Capella. Like it's not. It's not the speed at which you you would like like it to be in a Congo. A Congo is fine, like in terms of like processing, like you know he he'll get the ball out. He's had some he's had some turnover bug. Like the team in the general just had. Oh yeah, what's happened? 
is after their good start, they're just coughing the ball up too much. Like they're yeah. they're, they're just giving away possessions that they shouldn't. Like it's and it's not out of pressure. It's just out of like making reads and missing like the pass isn't on time or like a bounce pass gets deflected and is going the other way. Like the the, the pack the extra passing that the Hawks are trying to do, they're current is currently getting turned over and it's it's just shrinking their margins more than it, than it than it was to begin the season. But like you know, those types of things are just going to ebb and flow with this team until they get their timing down. But like getting back with Jalen, like I think to me, more than the wins and losses for this current stretch, because I, I it's early. I don't care what the record is right now. Like, it is too early to make any definitive proclamation about this team at the moment. What I care about is Jalen keeping up the aggression and like. Honestly, he needs to do more. Like, I, I think he needs to push. He needs to see how far he can go, how far he can take his usage. He needs to be above 20% usage player automatically. He might need to – he might honestly need to go higher, like, even against the Sixers. Like, he was getting to his spots off the dribble. You know, no no, no trade, no nothing. He It was just him. He'd catch the ball, and he was put putting Tobias Harris under the rim and then fading away for, like, a, a eight-footer. And he did it a couple times. I'm like, that's good. Now do it again. Keep doing it. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I'm to me, I'm like when I'm when I when you watch that from him, because you, you saw it against the Knicks as well. It's like against Julius Randle. I'm like, yo, Jalen, keep going. Like, don't stop. Like, keep. And, and if it's got to be a team wide thing, I'm like, hey, that y'all got to get this man going so that he can draw yeah. the help. And now we're talking about a different element that the Hawks have not had in the Trey Young era. Somebody else to truly draw help when when he's driving into the lane. So like that's the that's really the next step. And like Jalen's just got to attack. Like man, he dumped on Embiid so casually they forgot to call the and one. And <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean that's that's a that's another thing that's happened. <laughs> there's, there's some weird things that's gone on to start the season. But like he's got to he's got to keep up the aggression and keep up the pressure. And force teams to have to defend him, like as a legitimately as a star, because that's that's what in Spurs that's what he's playing like. You know, he's playing like somebody who, if this season were to end today, would get a max near max contract or something like that. Because like, you know, yeah. I mean, if you there, there are not, I mean, Brad, like just league wide. No, I there know, are that. only a handful of guys who have his skill set at his size. Like it's just period. I was gonna say shooting. That that's it. I mean, that's um, and yeah, I, I try to at least like put the yellow the yellow flashing light up a little bit occasionally on with people. But look, what you said is perfect. In that, and there, there's a reason why when they drafted Jalen Johnson, people like you and I on this podcast came out and like, hey, this is a great this is a great pick. It's it's a swing on talent. It's a bet on talent. And not every not every one of those works out, but a guy that falls to you at twenty, who is a clear top five talent, maybe probably top five talent in that class, but certainly top ten talent in that class, you just you just take him and figure it out. And it, it took him a little while. And we could we could debate the Nate thing another day, but they waited too long. And but look, you, now you see the flashes, and this is the this is the talent level, the combination of size and fluidity. And his transition game and the skill set—he's not boxy. Like he—he—you you, you, you just see it with the way he moves, even. Um, and yeah, the shooting's going to come down. He's not going to shoot this well. Nobody. I mean, he has sixty-nine percent shoot shoot right now. That's not going to continue. But it doesn't have to. That's the thing. It doesn't have to continue like this. So, 
the good thing is I, I can tell you being around the team a little bit, like Trey and those guys, they they're they're not going to take the ball away from they they're talking to Jalen and about Jalen like they think he's going to be a star. Does that make sense? Like yeah, they're they're I mean, they're encur- exactly. they're encouraging him. Yeah, they're encouraging him to do it, exactly what you just said. And I'm sure Quinn is as well. They're they're trying to get him to go. I heard you on ATL on 29 the other day, and I was joking, I was sitting next to Kevin on on Friday, and we were joking about how you basically had called for him to be more aggressive. And the first half against the against the Sixers, he was getting downhill, absolutely- downhill, and downhill, and like you know. And the, the good thing is right now, he's also not going to get the best perimeter defender or even the second best guy a lot of the time. He's he's also getting the benefit, um, which maybe hopefully will keep pushing his confidence up. Like a lot of nights, he's going to see their fourth defender. You know what I mean? He's not he's not getting game plan for yet. That's going to change at some point. If this continues, that's going to change, but it hasn't yet. He's not getting game plan for yet, uh, which helps. So I don't know. I, I'm really excited about what he can do. And it's something that we've talked about a lot, especially this is a safe place because you and I were so high on John. They've never had a guy at the three or the four that could do these things, nope. John included. And that doesn't mean they're, you know, I, I saw you yelling the other day about how uh, they still could use John Collins. You, you, and I you know agree what with would you. be nice, Brad. You know <laughs> what would be nice? If they had both. Yes. If they could play Jalen at the four and John at the five. It would, have, it would have been nice to see. I would have you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, the, the one thing John never got when he was playing center was a power forward of his, of Jalen's athletic build. And when they got him, and they size. just never played him at center. Yeah, at, with size. And yep. When they got him, they just never played John at center. And it's like, I mean, now he's in Utah doing what he always does, which is – Which is play well. But no, and look, to, to, bring, to bring it back, as we could do a half hour on John, that it also is going to – this is not new ground, but – Jalen is also the exact kind of power forward that Onyeka needs because Onyeka, for all of his strengths, is not the biggest guy. And he ideally, you would want a 6'10", super athletic power forward. And Brad, and I feel like a Kongu, I I wouldn't even call it struggles, but it's like... He's not playing that well. He's just not. He's not as effective as he was when he was playing all his minutes next to Jalen Johnson. And quite frankly, they... But like Quinn had to put Jalen in the starting lineup because that that starting unit, like Bay just Bay just can't operate Bay can't run DHO on offense. And then defensively he can't move. And that's 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 he, the he's thing. Just, he just he's just not he's not he's also just not tall enough. Like he's just no. not tall enough. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL or NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're a new customer, get $150 in bonus bets right now with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Beyond the awesome and really exciting perks of signing up right now with FanDuel, they have everything you're looking for across the sports betting space. They have point spreads and over-unders and money lines, player props, future bets, same game parlays, live betting, it's all there for you at FanDuel. And the app is safe and secure. They cover the entire range of sports as well. They have the NFL and college football, NBA, WNBA, college basketball. They have MLB when season when season's happening, of course. Golf and tennis and soccer and auto racing, boxing, MMA, it's all there for you at FanDuel. They also have tons of options involving the Hawks, including a big game on Tuesday against the Indiana Pacers. They have pregame lines and over-unders and player props, etc. for that. Plus, when the game starts, they have live betting as well. And now is the best possible time to join up with the folks at FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash NBA. Check out the official push partner of the Lothan Pack Podcast Network with an offer that you absolutely do not want to miss. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, and the other part, and I'm not going to set you down this road too much, but the other part is they need DeAndre Hunter to be 
the assertive, aggressive DeAndre Hunter that doesn't always come when he's playing with Bay. It, you, you can get by with DeAndre being the passive DeAndre that he often is with Jalen on the court. But if it's yeah. Hunter and Bay at the forward spots, they need more physicality from DeAndre Hunter. And there was a stretch early in the year when he actually played really well for like five games. We talked about it. I don't know. I think it was offline, but we talked about it. Like he had a really good like six game stretch. And then that has kind of slowed in the last couple well, of years. What's happened is teams adjusted, right? Like one, they just stopped letting DeAndre. Like a lot of teams were just allowing DeAndre Hunter to get to his right hand, which and then get downhill. And they weren't really challenging his dribble in a way they are now. So it's just a little harder. And like this is where it goes back to like Quinn's talking about all the time, you just got to shoot the three, like even if a contest. I, I still remember, I, I want to say it was against the Knicks, quickly was on him at the top of the key, but he he had space to shoot the three-pointer. He didn't even look at the rim. And I'm like, hey, he, that's the shot he just has to take. And I thought, you know, in the second half, he, he was starting to do some of that stuff. Like he was starting to be aggressive. And then, of course, he got the, got the double techie. <laughs> So he had to go, but, but uh, no, I, it really, but, it's but, but like to me, to me, but, but it's also, it's, it's hard for him to like, how, how do you, how does DeAndre stay aggressive when, you know, the ball isn't going to go your way when you got Trey Young and DeJounte Murray on the floor at the same time, you know, no, and it's it, like, it is, and, and, I think it's a, it's a thing know, with it's, him it's, where he, he has a hard time. This is like, this is psychoanalyzing in a way that I don't mean to, but I think when he has the ball, to your point, he's the kind of guy that kind of, when he has the ball a lot, it kind of clicks in for him. But exactly. when, yeah. but when he he's not going to have the ball a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that switch has never flipped with him where it's like, hey, I'm actually the fifth option on the court right now. Or maybe the fourth option because Capella is the fifth option. You know what I mean? But he's not going to ever be consistently a top two option on this team. And I think he's got to figure out the balance. And we see, we've seen it off and on. But um, here's a hold, hold on, Brad. You 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 call Capella the fifth option. He he ain't the fifth option right now. He's getting the, he's getting the ball way too much. Well, and that, that that's another. It's actually a it thing is where a, it is a lot of that was on my list. Actually, give the ball to Capella <laughs> and then run DHO for well. The, okay, so train. it's like what is this? How is so, this going to work? All right, so that's a good point. I was going to ask you this later. We'll, let's get to it now. Uh. Offense and defense. So there's been a lot of talk about the centers. You you mentioned briefly, like neither one of them neither are playing that. Are not playing. Play, yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's been lost because you know a lot of people are. It's been the same talking point for a year. People are done with Capella. I want to call, and I get it. Whatever, but part of that's that Kong was not playing that well. Number one, and the big picture that you talked about, I talked about with Glenn on a recent podcast. You guys did on ATL on twenty nine the other day. They are clearly building this roster, not necessarily the roster the gameplay and the scheme stuff on offense and defense away from Clint's strengths. Yeah. It's very obvious to anyone with eyes. Like defensively, he's playing further out on the court, not his strength. That, that's a very simplified way of putting it. You know what I mean? Offensively, you mentioned the DHOs playing more at the elbows. That's not his strength either. So I think they all know it and they're building for the next guy and they're building scheme habits and all that stuff. And uh, But it is, it is interesting to me because you're, you're right. I mean, it, it is kind of like, <laughs> what is the like what are you expecting because you know clint yeah. he's not he's not the worst guy in the league at doing that stuff he's not horrible at it but you don't want him to have to make a lot of decisions not, with the ball but brad it's not dynamic it's not dynamic no it's like, not uh J- jalen and bogey running two-man game like of course J- well, like bogey, jalen got bogey a wide open three-pointer off of nothing off a of dhl off of literally nothing like you brought the ball because, floor, because those guys are really talented DHO, automatic even, three even a Kongwu, like a Kongwu is not uh, 
I think he it, sometimes he actually gets overstated how good he is right now with the ball, but he's obviously so much more comfortable running a DHO than Clint is. It's not even close. Yeah. So, yeah. and they know that, but at the same time, they trust Clint and they're playing Clint 24, 25 minutes a game. And, but they're not changing their scheme stuff. So I, I'm actually wondering if at some point in January or something, Quinn's going to actually like maybe play some more drop with Clint once he feels like, all right, my principles are installed. Does that make sense? Like, I think it was Zach talked about this the other day. Maybe it was Nikias, whatever, whatever podcast that was. And I, th- I said, actually, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, and we, we talked about that on ATL 29 as well. Yeah. Right? Just, uh, Shout just, that podcast out. Absolutely. But, uh, I, I shouted that too. And it's it's just one of those things. Like, I wonder if there's a switch at some point that's just like, hey, why don't we run the Clint system and the Onyeka system? Which is kind of more of what it's ironic because with Nate and even last year with Quinn, it wasn't just the Nate thing. They ran the Clint system and Onyeka had to fit system. to, well, you, but you know what yeah. I mean? It's not really that yeah. simple, but you know what I mean? And Onyeka had to fit to that. And then this year it's flipped where Clint is running the more Onyeka system. And I think we've kind of seen that. And I don't want to. I don't. I don't. Want, I don't want to do the whole. They should. The bigger. Thing, the the but, bigger <laughs> picture is that they got to be able to do both, right? They have to and be able to do both and be able to. But like they've they, not. They they've never run this. They've never run this type of offense defense scheme. Right. And so, but they they if they want any chance of getting past their like, if they want to push to contender status, they got to be more dynamic. And. An, an offense and defense and like you know it can't just be we're, we're running drop and we're running one five pick and roll spread high spread pick and roll with capella and like that's it like they gotta be they gotta be able to do other stuff or it's just like they're just gonna run into a wall against a team where hey we're, we're, we're elite at killing drop coverage like they're gonna run against a team that's that was 2021 Atlanta Hawks like you ran drop against Trey right. in 2021 Exactly. It's over. It's over. You can do teams can do it now because again, this especially with the, the starters, they don't shoot enough threes from Trey DeJounte and DeAndre and Jalen. So it's like they're just gonna run drop and clog the lane because they the that this starting lineup wants to get to the rim, drive, uh get to the front of the rim, make layups. They don't want to just take the contested three pointer. So that, well, that's something they actually, gotta fight. they kind of have to fight, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. so on that on that front. Um, I'm getting pushback from people because uh, I, I I'm on Quinn's side of this because you know Quinn and I'll usually mention it when Quinn says after a game they'll take they'll take 35 threes and Quinn said well we we want more than that and you know when they miss them one night you get the typical fan response well why are they taking so many threes and Quinn's response almost always is like no we should have taken more than we actually took and part of that's habit building like we've just talked about but part of that is that he he believes it and look their shot profile to take it like more of a uh, thousand foot view right now is way better than it was the last several years. And that is why like, this is, it's, it's kind of crazy to be honest with you. This team is number six in offense right now with Trey having the worst shooting season of his career by far. Like you could say, you know what I mean? Like like, that's going to come up. I mean, no matter what you, no matter where you fall on the Trey conundrum and I don't have to do that. We don't do that now. There's, there's a lot of fans that are like, Worst player in the NBA. Yeah, I I don't I don't get it. But anyway, wherever you fall on that spectrum, I think it's pretty intuitive that Trey is not going to shoot this badly for the full season. That's just my just my thought, considering we have five years of sample size. So 
if you assume some positive regression there, this team's already borderline elite on offense with him doing this. Like the, every reason to believe this team's going to be awesome on offense. They already have been pretty good, like really good, and they're going to like probably get like, better. Bogey's only shooting like thirty five percent from three or something. So it's like, yeah, I mean, there, there's team. I mean, sure. I mean, obviously, you you can regress some guys both ways. You know, Jalen's going to come down. You would imagine for one. Yeah, but Jalen, Jalen, like, is a non entity as a three point shooter. He doesn't shoot enough threes for. He's that. only shooting them when they're when he's open, which is fine. Which is what he's do right now. That's fine. But yeah, they're only you know they're taking about thirty five a game. That's in the middle of the pack. They're shooting about middle of the pack in three point percentage. Yeah. But that, that includes Trey shooting 28%. Hunter's at 34. That he's probably better than that, if not if nothing else. Bogey's at 35. Um, yeah, they're not like nobody's shooting. Only DeJounte, I think yeah. only DeJounte was like shooting. He, and he's cooled off. Like he's yeah. he's still he's still at 39, which is probably above where you would have guessed for him, but that, that's not insane. Like I think I'll probably shoot mid-30s. So anyway, like I, I think that as they go forward, we've already seen the uptick in threes. It's already happened. Quinn wants more. It would help them if if some guys bomb more, i.e. Hunter. Uh, Sadiq more. Bay, more importantly, mm-hmm. more than Hunter. Sadiq just got to shoot. Well, and the thing more it's more than Hunter because that, that is the with all respect to Sadiq that that is the primary appeal of Sadiq Bay on this team is that he is supposed to be the bomber. Last year he was bombing, and the results were off the charts. Not not just for him, but for the team. When he was on the floor last year in the last thirty games, whatever it was, the team was just through the roof in scoring and. That's happened a little bit this year, year too. It's yes. still this year a little not, bit. Not not quite the same, but he's only taking, you know, I shouldn't say only. He's taking looking at this now, my apologies. Yeah, he's he's taking like 7 per 100 possessions. That's got to be like 10, 11. Yeah, he's he's got to be a 10 guy and like he's got to shoot through a contest and he he has this weird release where he doesn't jump on his jump shot, but well, because he can't he's figure something out. It's cuz he can't jump. I mean, he <laughs> Say he can't jump, he'd be getting up for these lob dunks. Well, it's I mean, funny the the other day, like yeah, it, and then he be he'll when he doesn't do this um sl- the slowest uh, Euro step in NBA history. I like can't when he just go straight. He'll dunk the ball hard. Like I, he, I can't, I can't unsee it. I somebody, somebody he's mentioned got, this. He the has other day. juice, but it's but his jumper is like. Well, so <laughs> someone ahead, someone said it the other day to me on because I mentioned it. Uh, Someone made the, the Draymond backpack comparison. With yeah, absolutely. Jump shot. With a backpack. It's the same thing. I, I can't unsee it now. Uh, so, shots. I can't remember who that person was. So, my apologies. But it you was know, like, yeah, that's correct. Honestly, uh, it's less a back. It's more like he has weights on. Like he's got weighted, well, weighted yeah. like ankles or something. Like and, and he, he can't like lift. I, I shouldn't say he can't jump because you're right. He he. It's not that he can't jump at all. He can. But he, he can jump, but not. He's not a jumper's just not. No, happening. it's it's the way his back moves. Anyway, we could. It's a visual podcast. But anyway. All right, that is all with part one of myself and Tyler Jones. We'll have part two in your feeds right now. So if you're on YouTube, you should be able to find the podcast available for you right now. Audio-only platforms like Apple and Spotify, same thing. And please subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Also follow the show on Twitter at Hawks. Follow me there as well at BT Roland. Follow the written work if you'd like to as well. Patreon.com slash BT Roland. Again, part two should be available for you right now. Thank you for listening as always, everybody. And we'll see you all next time.